Jay. This is ESE Insight Calling. I'm Ewan Spence. I'm Monty Moncrief. I'm Olympia. And this is Jukebox Jury. We've got songs in front of us from Australia, from Poland, from Greece, from Czechia, and from Finland. Two judges and a host. Oh, here we go. Jukebox Jury. Yes, good afternoon, good morning, good evening. Once more into the small jury room we go, bringing songs from this year's Eurovision Song Contest, all hoping to get to the Liverpool stage. Actually, no, they are all going, they're already on the Liverpool stage. They're just probably hoping that Transpennine Railways will still be able to get them from Manchester to Liverpool through for the semi-finals. And the final, yes, heading to the song contest are the songs. And, of course, before they get there, they have to go through the small matter of uh, our song review podcast thingamajig, uh, where we bring in new voices and old voices to discuss the songs and decide if we're going to call them a hit, a miss, or a maybe. Monty Moncrief joins me. Hello again, Monty. Hello, Ewan. How are you? Doing really well. Now, uh, from the Second Cherry Podcast, Matt tried to explain what the Second Cherry Podcast was, and I'm not going to say you abject failed, but... um. You could probably do better. Well, I'll give it a go. It's almost the Eurovision Song Contest, uh, and it is almost a Eurovision podcast. We take a look back at the songs that tried to win in their national finals, but didn't manage to do so. But we think that there are plenty to enjoy there. So we spend the summer reviewing national finals and picking a song from several of them to put together into a second chance competition, which we host as a live event in London at the Royal Vauxhall Tavern. Uh, Royal Vauxhall Tavern, of course, the stage there, very much on our minds uh, the last week. Some of the great names that have graced there that have also really lifted the community up over the last 20, 30, 40 years. So uh, a small glass to Paul and Lily from us all here at Jukebox Jury. And they'd hate that. They'd be just like, what are you going on with that sentimental rubbish? Get on and speak to some drag queens. <clears throat> Do we have any drag queens? Yes, well, there might be uh, one just sort of lingering here. It's mildly threatening, I'm sure, to have, have myself on the on the pod. And thank you so much for having me. This is a, this is an honour. It's a real treat. Yeah, Olympia joins us from Novimpia. Uh, first time podcast, long time Eurovision listener. Uh, tell us a bit about Novimpia first of all. Well, we're absolute morons. It's my partner, partner and I. We're we're drag queens. We're YouTubers. We are um, Eurovision super fans. And over the years, the the Eurovision content has been has been really ramping up. It's you know everyone's kind of the same. You dip your toe and you think, oh, I'll just I'll just watch a national final here or there, and then of course you have to watch the whole thing. Overtakes your calendar, and then the content just kind of ramps up and up. So we've been reviewing national finals. We're doing top tens. We're doing all sorts. What's your second favorite Eurovision song of all time? Well, I'm gonna go ahead and, th- and do a real one of left field here. I'm gonna say. It was Sweden, cast your mind back, Sweden, 2009, Marlena Ehrmann, Lavoie. I'm obsessed with that. I don't know why. It's kind of dreadful, but I play it on a loop all the time and try and convince myself that I could do some sort of operatic high note, and I don't apologise for it. Can you do the shoulder pop? I can do a, lo- a lot of things, but I'm going to charge you for that. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> there we go. He's been trying to do something with the dance moves. And no, we're going down that route already. Fair enough. Okay, we are going to finish up this round of Jukebox Jury with a highly anticipated song from Finland. Before that, music from Czechia, from Greece, from Poland. But we're going to kick off with Australia. It's Voyager and The Promise. Australia's Voyager there with their entry into this year's Eurovision Song Contest. It's promise, it's heading to Liverpool, and it's Monty up first. I'm not sure it's my style of music. Um, I've got a metalhead friend who was quite excited about Voyager being um, selected to represent Australia. So it made me wonder, you know, do they have that kind of international following, albeit within a subgenre of music and you know if that if that popularity is there is there the possibility that people who like that will vote for it this will be the one that you will vote for but i'm not sure how many metalheads are actually going to be tuned into eurovision but you never know um I don't know. It's kind of it, it. It's metal, but it's a bit more melodic, um, but still has a bit of the noisiness and the you know the sort of the crash boom bang of a, of a metal song. Um, it's going to be big in the arena. The, there's no doubt about this. This is going to go on. This is the kind of song that is made to play in that environment. Um, it has a good running order. It's coming last. Or, or It has a, a running order that people are favouring, put it that way. I know you've had the recent coffee chat with Ben on the podcast uh, about the, the, the importance of the running order and does it matter. Um, and I think the analysis of that was last place is actually very, very good for qualification. It was almost like a 100% record. No, this song is going to be bright and loud. To finish off that, it's just like, oh, there you go, and now the phone line's open. Absolutely, it only has to be one of those top ten to to get through. I sometimes feel though that being last in the running order, if you do not grab the audience attention within the first few seconds of the song, there is the risk that they're then dismissing the song, not really paying it attention, totting up their votes, going to the loo you know, thinking, oh, this isn't really something for me. And if you don't connect with this song and the style of it in the early bars of it, I think that is a risk um, of coming last. But I mean, that's a, not just for this song. It's a risk for last place in general, I feel. The percentage variance isn't that much. The song still plays a far bigger part than where you are in the running order. The running order might be able to help, but it won't help a particularly weak song and this is not a particularly weak song this is a pretty good slice of the prog metal that you do get from voyager it's a bit more electro it's a bit more pop and it's a bit more accessible as well and i think that is going to help that get into the top 10 and qualify through for australia i think you know what it is australia are in a really precarious position because i think that the novelty of having australia as a competing country, has worn off completely. They can't rely on any kind of a little bit of sway uh, from the novelty that they're there in the first place. That's long gone. I personally preferred the song that they were going to send 
last year, Dreamer. I think it was doing a lot more. So I was initially, my reaction to this was it's a little flat. But I think for the casual kind of viewer, the Saturday viewer, this will... Um, I think people will respond to it. It's certainly something which it's it's one of the the key songs that can only be elevated by staging. And they Australia tend to do that quite well. So I have no kind of worries that it's going to be like a, a real big moment. Certainly the kind of end note when he's kind of like, you know, shouting that out, I think it, it's going to be a real moment on the stage. I really like it. I get that it's it's not like everyone's cup of tea. Um, I think particularly the thing I like the most about this is the lyrical content of this song is is almost at odds, I think, with the 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 sound and the style because it's very it's kind of very sweet what he's what they're singing about that it's you know if someone is, is maybe a bit anxious or they're kind of the world's crumbling around them but it's just kind of like well you're here with me so I think everything's going to be okay like it's a very very sweet just on the right side of like overly saccharine but it's very sweet. And I, I like that it's kind of like married with, because there's the scream moment. It's, you know, there's the kind of, it's it's edge. Um, but it's, I, I just think it, it it's it's cute. Whether it'll grab people on the first listen, I don't know, maybe not. I also think there might be a tiny percentage of people that see a guy rocking out on a guitar with long hair, whipping it round, big note at the end, and they they think, because viewers are so fickle and, and, and people might think, well, there's a bit of a Sam Ryder kind of, you know, in some countries obviously jump on what won the year before. Maybe there's a, a kind of a little bit of, of that going on, but it's, I like it. I've got it quite high in my personal ranking. So I'm very excited to see it. For me, what I'm most looking forward to is, you know, Voyager know how to work a stadium. They've done stadium tours. They've done support. They've had support. Um, they've went around the world. They've got three minutes in front of an audience and they're going to have no, well, they're going to have performance nerves, but they're not going to have any sort of nerves beyond it. Let's go out and do a good show. They're going to walk out on that stage and feel 100% at home. And that, with the energy of a performance, I mean, I think there's a reason that the producers have decided that this song is going to close out the semifinals. Um, not only is it loud, not only is it exciting, but you have to think that there's something in the staging and especially in the last 30 seconds where everything just kicks in to that big final gear. There's a lot going on, but it also feels quite a simple song as well. It's not challenging. It's just, there you go. You like this? Go listen. Great. It is the very typification of just put your foot on the amplifier and play the guitar. And they do it wonderfully. How accessible that will be to everybody to get a lot of votes when they get to the grand final, I am not so sure. A lot will depend on where they go in the running order. This might be the perfect opener for the grand final. It would not be the first time where we've had a semi-final closer go out and open up the grand final as well. If they draw first half, I'll give that better than even odds, I think, yeah. Uh, but in terms of what we give them, it's always a hit, miss and a maybe here. And we have a big, long definition of what hit, miss and maybe. No, we haven't. <laughs> We haven't. We, we, we just say the words and we kind of justify what the word is. We don't have a guidebook. So um, I put this down as a hit. Um, it's accessible. I enjoy it. It's, it's a relatively easy choice for qualification. And when it gets to Saturday night, it's a show built for Saturday night. And that'll be fine. Hit. I think it's a maybe. I think it will qualify, but I'm not really seeing it troubling 
the left-hand side of the scoreboard on the night. I think maybe is more realistic, but you know what? I just love it, so I'm going to say hit. Uh, you know what? If there's absolutely no criteria for this, let's go with hit. There we go. A hit, a hit, and a maybe kicks off this round of jukebox jury. Australia taking the lead, but they would have done that no matter what they scored uh, in the opening round. That's the delight of going first. Uh, up second, uh, we have the song from Poland. Blanca going through the national final there with solo. Holland's Blanca there with Solo and what can only be described as a song and a sound that has been dominating the charts across Europe for the last couple of years. Olympia, how's this going to do at Eurovision? I, oh, do you know what? It's like the song version of a pot noodle. It's nutritionally invalid. I think it's it's creatively bankrupt. It's it's derivative. We've heard it before. It's It does absolutely nothing for me. I know that there aren't many bops this year. There aren't many of the the kind of the girl bops, the summery kind of vibes, and people might see that and and kind of like lean into it. That song, I don't know. I don't think she performs it particularly well. I don't know much about her as an artist, but there's something about this presentation that just feels there's nothing. There's no richness to it. It's it's. I just kind of I don't want to listen to it. And I, I like I said, people could still vote for this, and it would. If it qualifies, it will annoy me no end. Yeah, I'm, do you know what? I'm not into it. What, I, what I'm seeing is this, this really feeding into um, a wider issue, which seems to be rearing its head to a much greater extent this year. And that's the abuse of some artists online. People are, people are disappointed that their favourite didn't get through. And people are making all sorts of allegations of unfairness at the broadcaster. But they're taking it out on Blanker herself and this is just not on i mean you know there's tagging artists into negative posts on social media i mean there was allegations that um you know fans at the barcelona party were shouting the name of a, of a, a different competitor during the performance by San Marino, to the extent that the San Marinese delegation have put out a statement on internet and various artists are stepping up and saying, you know, please stop bullying the artists that have been selected. There's a, there's a little bit of a an issue that I think is becoming a little bit too endemic in the fandom. It, this absolutely has to stop. Eurovision is all about judging. It's what it's set up to do. It's judging one song against the other. It's exactly what we're doing right here, right now in this podcast. But it's perfectly possible to dislike a song or dislike the way a song is performed. And that is all fair game. But hurling abuse at the artist because it's not your preferred song or you don't like the way they've done it is just, it really isn't it. I mean, Olympia, Monty, I completely stand by and agree with those comments about what the community's been doing. There's, I always find it's, it's a curious balance that I have to strike because there are songs that I just don't get, that are, that are just like, I don't get it. Art is subjective. Music is art. And we are in a contest where we have to discuss songs. Everybody just needs to, like, step back and think, you know, 
if you if you meet this artist, are you going to have to apologise to them? And if the answer is yes, you've done something wrong and you need to take a look and redo whatever you're doing. So with all that said, I'm now going to turn to the song and I'm, I'm of a similar opinion. It is just bland. I think part of it is the tempo. And I'd like to have a song that goes, it's that sort of slow Eurobeat summer dance tempo and that just does not sit nicely with me. It's just like, like I, I like, I think the song could go with going a little bit faster. But if this song goes a little bit faster, it'll be exactly the same tempo as I wrote a song from the United Kingdom. And frankly, I'll just go with May's song uh, rather than this one. In my playlist, what this song reminds me of is a tick box chart. You know, everything that we need to do has been ticked off and everything has been added up. And the sum of all the parts is actually less than all the parts uh, that's going through here. It's it's modern, but it in, it's in the modern sense of there are so many songs like this out there. This one just doesn't stand out. Yeah, I mean, to to get on to the song itself, now that I've got all of that off my chest, uh, I, I agree, it's just, it feels a bit flimsy. It's a bit of a lightweight example of this genre. Um, you know, the kind of sort of Latin-ish, summer pop, you know, which you're right, it is absolutely all the rage. It's, you know, we hear it across Europe every year, but it's, yeah, it's just, it's a bit too lightweight for me. I have to say that I am convinced this is, in the Spotify and the YouTube playlists more than once because when I'm playing through it this song seems to come on more frequently than any of the others and I have to say no disrespect to Blanca and I have to say I think in a show like Eurovision where it's rehearsed within an inch of its life before you get to the host city and once you're there all of these issues in performance and vocal etc have time to be ironed out but I'm at the point where I've heard this song sufficient times already. Yeah, I wonder if um I mean she's she's caught in kind of an impossible position really. I don't I think seeing her reaction when she won the national final, I don't think she had considered that she w- was going to at all. So it's yeah, just to reiterate everything we've said before. She's in an, a, a tricky uh, situation. It it's it doesn't change the fact that the song is almost it almost feels like an AI just kind of wrote it it's so generic that it almost feels a bit nefarious or something I don't know uh just for everybody out there who loves your chat GPT melodies um this year will be the third year of the AI song contest uh so you can listen to all the entries at AI song contest dot com and no doubt we will we will do something with that on ESC Insight later on. But there is a separate contest for AI generated songs. This is not it. But I, I come to this song and it may not be AI generated, but it just feels like it is coming out a machine that has produced so many more songs in the past and so so many more songs in the future and they all blend into one and I just remember it goes dum 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 da 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 dum 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 dum, and then I realise I'm actually singing Fairy Tale by Alexander Reback. So, sorry, mm-hmm. no, it's a miss. It's absolutely a miss, miss, big fat miss. Blanca, if you're listening to this, you are going to the Eurovision Song Contest. This is going to be such an opportunity for you. You go out there, you live your best life, and have the time of your life. 
but I'm sorry, your song is a miss for me. And remember, we have 10,000 songs submitted to broadcasters across Europe and beyond. We've got the 37 best songs from that collection, and everybody that we talk about in Jukebox Stream Beyond is in that mix as well. So success has already been found. Enjoy your time on the stage. Right then, we are going to carry on. Song number three It's the midway part of this episode of Jukebox Jury, and we're going to grace Victor Vernikos what they say. Well, you know what they say. The lassos make sure no one loses the way. Hurt ones can't stand seeing others in pain. Oh, I am now I got too much on my plate And I save all the others Cause for me it's too So that's Greece, Victor Vernikos with What They Say Ewan, what's your thoughts on this? It does feel like your, your modern pop solo male singer That we've seen countless times I, I, don't, I don't really know my UK artist So the closest I can come to is it It's a fast James Arthur song It's not really pushing the envelope in terms of composition or style or presentation but neither is it doing anything wrong this has just a little bit more for me than we had with solo there's a bit more accelerating pace it's got the drums giving that just a a little bit more push it's helping it change gears like it knows it's going into a stadium environment it's got that little anthemic clapping coming in at the end we know the great fans are very energetic so i'm sure they will join in and then everybody else will join in so he's got that stadium moment almost designed into it but i think that is my big question about this victor is the youngest artist that greece has ever sent to the eurovision song contest and these young artists being dropped into a massive stadium and i know there weren't a lot of tickets but it's still a massive stadium they either get the stagecraft or they don't and if they don't they can look very small and very lost and can't really pull the crowd along with them on you know on paper i shouldn't like this um i it's one of my favorites i think that i've seen him do this live in a very short kind of clip online and i don't think they need to do much with the staging for him to uh for him to really sell this it could be like an intimate moment his voice is very strong certainly for a 16 year old his voice is very very strong but I think that they don't they don't need to dress this up too much. I think this is it's very underrated at the moment. Um, people are counting this out and I do not get it. It's it's for me it's reminiscent of like Ed Sheeran, it's maybe a little kind of Dean Lewis, and it's not usually something I go for. But his voice sells it, and I think the way that it's the structure of it, it all kind of bleeds into one. It's very kind of just like a stream of consciousness that it's almost like a diary entry or something. It this it, I think it's just beautiful. I think when he does this live, it's going to be a real moment. It doesn't feel like it stops starts when it's changing modes in the song. It just, oh yeah, we're going to drift to this bit. Oh yeah, we're going to go into this bit now. And it is, it's effortless in the studio. So can it be effortless live? And yeah, there could well be a moment here. As I said, those claps coming in, get that right. Maybe everybody holds their phones up with the lights on and everything. And, you know, he could have the perfect hero shot to end the song. There's something lovely about this. Um, He's incredibly young. I mean, he's 16, but apparently he wrote this when he was 14. And the the insight of the lyrics, I mean, it's about mental health. It's about anxiety and depression and other mental health issues. And they're 
these are all common tropes that we see in great music. It, you know, it inspires a lot of creativity from a lot of artists who experience their mental health difficulties themselves. And I think, you know, teenage mental health in particular is a really important subject. Um, you know, so in a way, I'm kind of glad this is getting a, a, a platform. Um, maybe not the, you know, wouldn't be my choice of topic um, when I think of what would make a Eurovision hit. But then the great thing about Eurovision is its diversity and, you know, we, we do get a bit of everything in there. I mean, I, I feel on the one hand quite sad if a 14-year-old has had to experience these quite intense emotions, you know, so much so that it's provoked him to, to put it to music. But then, you know, on the other hand, we know that creative process can help process those those feelings. So I just think this is, has a maturity beyond his years. It's really quite interesting. I, I think this will absolutely resonate with some younger viewers as well who might be experiencing that because we know Eurovision does tend to bring together some of the disparate and the lost. If you are needing to talk to anybody, there are countless resources out there. I will just highlight same.org.uk online. There's a helpline there and they will listen to you. Whatever you need to say, there'll be other resources in your country as well. Please go find them. There is somebody out there who will listen to you. I think it's also worth mentioning there's always kind of a song that you think will maybe like fill a certain uh, slot in every year and i think this this has the potential to be like the rosalyn snap moment where yeah like you say young people certainly will will grasp a hold of it i can see it being on tiktok in some capacity and i i kind of want it to i really want it to to experience a moment because it's it is heart-wrenching and he does such a beautiful job with it Yes, here we are on our music review podcast and all I can think to say now is, hello, fellow youths. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hit for me. I think it's a hit for me as well, actually, yeah. Oh, now I need to decide what I'm going to do with it. I could have went first. <laughs> um, I think it's qualifying. Let me, I'm going to have to go through the thought process, Mahana, but it is qualifying. There is a moment in here, and I had not made the Rosalind connection that this could be in that same mold. And now that's been mentioned, I can't get it out of my head. And I think that... I think that pushes me over the edge. I think that pushes me into a hit. I think Chris is going to walk out here with three hits. Am I sure? TikTok, 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 TikTok. That's T-I-C-K. TikTok. Yeah, it's a hit. It's a hit. Grace, go away. You've got all three. You've swept the board. Congratulations. Anybody want to do a little cheer or anything for them? Or, no, it's just going to be stunned silence. Okay, we'll just enough. leave it there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> go Greece. Yeah, go Greece. There we are. We're uh, with you, Victor. Right then. Um, if you disagree with any of these opinions, that's fine. This is art. Uh, you can uh, make your point in our comment section, www.escinsight.com, in the usual social places as well, Facebook. Twitter, Hardle Pile, Mastodon, you'll find us on all of those. So our next song from Czechia, it is Vesna and My Sister's Crown.
My Sister's Crown there from Vesna Song representing Czechia at this year's Eurovision Song Contest. There has been controversy around this one. Yes, it's a Czechia song. It is about the situation in Ukraine and it is about much more depending on who you speak to because, again, we're back to the issue of this is art. You know, The words that are used, the lyrics, they're intricate, they're layered and they no doubt have many meanings depending on how you read them. Um, and some of those have been called into question, including the word sister and sisterhood and the idea of a crown. And, you know, there are many Ukrainians who find this uncomfortable. You know, I interpret songs in one way. Here in Jukebox Jury, you can see that I interpret it one way, others interpret it another. And I can appreciate why Ukrainian fans are approaching this song differently to the fans in Czechia or the fans here. And, look, I'll be honest, I feel I'm not qualified to try and adjudicate on really complex cultural issues in an eight-minute spot in a song review podcast at the Eurovision Song Contest. But it is there. So again, this is something if you want to go out and do more reading, you can. I'm going to go with the band statements. Uh, this spoke to ESC Bubble recently where they talk about the song being a, a story of sisterhood and a protest against gender inequality. They've stated their support for Ukraine in the war against Russian aggression. And I will take that as well-meaning intentions, although perhaps possibly naive intentions in execution as well. So, yes, it's it's a tricky one based on what you've uh, what you've said. I think whenever a song does toe a kind of political line, people are always going to glean different things from it. And it's certainly not my place to question people's feelings, certainly when I don't have a leg in the race, uh, the horse in the race myself. So I'm choosing to 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 glean that this is a song about um, empowering women, about challenging gender inequality. And I think that if we are to understand that Eurovision was founded on this idea of rising up and and celebrating cooperation, um, I think it's a, a joyous celebratory uh, song. And I, I can't say enough good things about it. I think that when something is this level of, of artful and and thoughtful but it's also very accessible it's really engaging the first time you listen to it which as we know a lot of people are going to hear these songs just the once and that's the time that matters um i think in in that kind of context it gives me a little constructor from last year where it's it is challenging and it is a little bit what's going on here but it's also a bop at the same time it's just i feel like it's operating in a similar space um it's a banger i i just can't I can't stop listening to it. I, I like the mix of languages. It feels like it, it's op, it, it's in a winner's space. I, it's just a shame when there are there are some real powerhouses that are probably gonna overtake it because when this first came out, we were talking about it being a winning song, and to me, it's still right up there. I think it's an interesting conversation point as to you know whether um, there is appropriation of another country's culture or, or, or struggle at the moment. And I can see an interpretation of that. I take this song as a, as a song of um, unity um, across the Slavic sisterhood, the Slavic region, but also beyond. I think it has um, really universal appeal. For me, it feels as though it's going to have huge resonance with anybody who supports um, the position of women in general, but also, you know, there's a, there's a definite 
solidarity being shown in the song uh, towards Ukraine. Um, there's anti-war elements to it. Um, there's Ukrainian language brought in. And I tend to think that by putting together a collective of women who were drawn from across the, the, the Slavic region, um, that has integrity to me. That has um, the, There's something genuine um, about this. I think as well, you know, the language, the the, the words they're using, um, like the part in Sistra Krasiva, Oiti Silna, Harobra Yedina, Karo Natvaya, they're words which are very similar sounds in different Slavic languages. So if you know any Slavic languages, even just a little bit, these are going to be words and sounds you're quite familiar with. So I think it has that kind of, um, you know, that you, you'll find solidarity, you'll find understanding um, in the song. I mean, to me, there's there's nothing about the song that I, I don't love. Um, and I think the video is really playful. I, I hope that they manage to get some elements of that um, across in the stage performance. It utterly intrigues me how this is going to be presented. Because I think to get the votes to be a good competitive entry, it's going to need to have enough of a visual hook to pull it through when it comes to the voting. I don't think the vocals and the audio presentation alone is going to be enough, even though, you know, there's so many, the, the language has added enough texture to keep this constantly feeling fresh musically. I think the audio is there, but the presentation is a huge question mark for me. I suppose the, the thing that it could could be its downfall is that there are a lot of them. It would appear from all of the, the promo that they've done and the performance we've seen of this song already that it is sometimes you don't quite know where your eye is, is drawn to. Maybe there needs to be a little bit more cohesion to stop it kind of falling apart because it's a little messy. But it's such, it's early days. It's really early days. And as soon as we start to see some of those uh, those. B- rehearsals coming in we're gonna we're gonna really know what we're in for but i have i have such faith in this i would say this is an absolute hit for me this is i think fallen back in many fans conscience um since it was uh chosen we've had other songs chosen and revealed and people have latched onto them and we've almost forgotten about you know the positives of this song i think we need to remember them and for me this makes it a hit I still question the the presentation and I'm not discounting the fact this is a great song. It's I still don't feel that it's a competitive enough song to do well. There's so many question marks around this one. Czechia in the past, the presentation has not been on the ball. And so for me, there are still too many questions for me to go anything more than maybe at the moment. Which in total gives us a made for me and two hits there for Czechia as we head into our final song. Well, Greece is three hits. So um, if somebody else wants to beat Greece in this round of Jukebox Jury, they're going to have to force a tie-break situation. So, Finland, it really is win over everybody or go home now. Cha-cha-cha. Pause 
Paul Oscar there with Min Histy Dance Take Two. No, that's not quite right. It is Karija there and Cha Cha Cha, but I'm still thinking there's a hint of Iceland in there. Ah, that was a great reference. <laughs> Monty. Um, yeah, I mean, I, oh God, I love this so much. Um, I don't know if it's just the company I keep, but amongst many of my Finnish friends, drinking seems to be almost a national sport. And this is about the role of alcohol as a social lubricant for an ad. Karia is um, embracing the weekend, um, but he, he needs something to loosen up. He's got a bit of social anxiety. So he's diving into the cocktail list, knocking a few pina coladas back. And then when he's relaxed enough to be able to get on the dance floor and talk to people, Maybe he's tipped the balance a little bit much and he's a bit slurry and he's a bit squint-eye and he's starting to pour champagne all over himself, which I think at Nordic prices he might regret in the morning. Um, But I just, there's something joyful about this. There's something about celebrating that moment, but also acknowledging that, you know, for many of us, wanting to party and wanting to let go and go with the flow does come with a bit of social anxiety. And it's quite an interesting musical balance, I think, with this, because the start of the song is there's more angst in it. It's it's more aggressive. And I think it reflects that kind of anxiety that he's singing about, you know, the sort of needing to loosen up. And then by the time you get to the middle, it does, it goes into a much easier musical melody, a much more familiar style of song. And it almost mirrors that journey from sort of, you know, being anxious to, you know, the Dutch courage kicking in. Um, and I, I just love that. And the performance was just joyful in the the lime green of his costume with the neon pink of some ballroom dancers who looked like they were on come dancing in ketamine. It was just absolutely three minutes of joy to watch on the stage. I think the staging here is absolutely key because I went through the UMK songs multiple times listening to the audio and this was nice, but just did not stand out. When it was audio only, it was just like, yeah, that's kind of what Finland does. But those visuals within seconds is totally enraptured me. Uh, and then everything else just builds on that. I love the closed, tight space that represents his anxiety. And the fact that it opens out more and more and more and more as the performance goes. So you don't need to know the words for this song because it's there in the visuals. Now, the dancers themselves are not ballroom dancers. They're doing their best to go at it. Um, but it's the energy that comes through. And it's it's also the uncontrolled energy. The not quite perfect at dancing. Not completely on point with all the actual cha-cha-cha moves close enough to have fun honestly where where do you begin with this first of all here's a whole snack would devour in one sitting uh secondly theirs was a national final where it it was a a rare situation for me anyway this year where there were three or four options i literally would have had win it was so strong they're then i mean they know what they're doing over there don't they um but yes so the structure of this in the sense um, like what Monty said, where it's 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 like a short story told in three parts. And as his evening's ramping up, the, the style of the music is kind of changing. That's a really cute... It's a, I mean, that sounds kind of um, glib. It's a, 
it's a smart way of putting a song together and it's not overdone it's not like overworked i think this is just on the right side of insane it's an absolute bop. There's, I, I can't say enough uh, good things about it. There's nothing else remotely like it this year. And it's probably going to be the most memorable, certainly, for people watching the live final. Uh, it's, I think, with in a, a, a conversation where it's going to be up against Sweden, certainly. I think Spain is going to be, is, is still going to be kind of up there. Whether it will have enough to clinch the win overall, I'm not... I can't... You can't... I, it's it's so tight. It's it's going to be such a tight race. But it's in that conversation, and deserve, deservedly so, because the second this came out, I mean, we've been playing it non-stop. In the car, almost crashed a few times, going a bit overboard, but love it. Insanely good. For me, I think this is going to be this year's Bernowski babushki I think it is going to run right through... Everybody's going to remember the dance. My family of non-Eurovision followers, that dance move at the two-minute mark, that sold it for them. It's like, that's the one. Um, the fact that Karija is managing to do the Lorraine sideways dance better than Lorraine ever managed in Euphoria <laughs> is absolutely fabulous. That he's doing it in the year when Lorraine comes back is also absolutely fabulous. But I think, yeah, he's the babushki to Lorraine's tattoo when it comes up to it. But I don't think that... Yes, it does matter. But at the same time, he's going up on the stage. He's having the time of his life. This is a career making three minutes. And a huge smash in the UMK. I mean, let's not underestimate how much this won by. It got 10s and 12s from all the juries, except for the jury representing the United Kingdom, who only gave it six. But it got 53% of the public vote. 467 points. And that's with the public seven vote. artists, not in a head-to-head super final. That's 53%. That, and everybody else underneath it. Yeah, the closest that the next uh, artist got was 124 points. 14% of the vote. This was miles ahead of everything else. It, oh, there's something just joyous. And I'm so glad it's in Finnish because I love the sound of Finnish. I mean, I've had a lot of years to get used to it. It is an acquired taste. I, I will um, admit that. But being in Finnish, is, it just adds something more to it. There's not a better song about the, the, the virtues of Dutch courage. Let's Dance by Lady Gaga kind of gets there. But there's just something wonderful uh, about this. You're putting it at that level, Monty. You're putting it at Let's Dance levels. Oh, beyond. Beyond for me. Yeah. Do do I need to ask Hit Missing maybe? I mean, come on. I'm sorry. (laughs) I I meant to have a rule book and I tell everybody I have a rule book when I'm on the microphone. So we have a rule book and we all have to say it. Okay? I'll say it first. Hit. It's an absolute hit for me. God, it's a miss. No, it's so, it's so, it's such a hit. Like it's, I don't know. There's something. There needs to be a fourth option above hit. Let's be quite frank about this. There is. Oh, what? There is, and it's called tiebreak time. Oh, okay. <gasps> dum dum dum. But this is a weird scenario because I feel like it's, it's, it. Nobody else in the world is going to be comparing these two countries that we're about to do a tiebreak for. We're going to I do a tiebreak. I have a. There are only a handful of rules that are actually codified for Jukebox Jury, and this is one of them. Okay. <sighs> right, everybody reach under your microphones and find your magic paddles. 
On one side, you have the word Greece. On the other side, you have the word Finland. On the count of three, we're going to hold up the paddles. One, two, three. And there we have the paddles, and I shall now attempt to build up some tension. <laughs> tension? Ten- bum, 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 bum. Yes, it's three votes to Finland. So Cha 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 takes the win in this round of Jukebox Jury. And we have our traditional question, which some years is accurate and some years feels a bit of a misnomer. But if we're going to be looking for somebody that can sneak in a victory, it could be Finland. So let's ask the question. Monty first. Can Finland win the Eurovision Song Contest this year? I mean, it already has, in my view. So, yes. <laughs> nice philosophical answer there. Good catch. Olympia. Easy, it could win. I mean, people are really talking about Sweden, and I would love that, but this it could do it, let's be honest. Yeah, I mean, somebody has to break out of the pack of songs and do the run at Sweden. It is not going to be Sweden and everybody else is underneath. We, we, you know, if we go back to Lorraine, we go back to Euphoria, you had Russia come through, you also had Serbia come through as well um, with a Balkan ballad. And given that there are no Balkan ballads this year, I will just remember um, Shelko that year as well. So there are going to be one or two songs that break through and challenge. Finland, in my mind, has to be one of them. Nobody scored any points yet. It's three minutes live. Something might happen with the Corby trouser press. Something might happen with the great big green puffer jacket arms things. Can Finland win the Eurovision Song Contest? Yes, it can. And it would be an amazing, glorious and expected, unexpected result at the same time. So we all have a yes there, whether it's philosophical, whether uh, it is competitively or whether just because it's fabulous. There we go. That's uh, one part of the Eurovision Song Contest this year. It's one part of Jukebox Jury. We'll be back next week with more judges, more songs. But for now, uh, thank you to my judges for this show. First of all, to Monty Grief. Thank you very much. What an absolute joy. You can get a little mention for the second cherry or you can just be graceful and move on. Oh no, let's have a little plug. Second Cherry. Secondcherry.vision on uh, the interweb. Our 2023 season will start properly in June. Also, thank you to Olympia from Novipia. Thank you, Ewan. That was an utter treat. You can find us at youtube.com slash Novimpia. That's N-O-V-Y-M-P-I-A. And you're going through all the Eurovision songs and there's some national final highlights going on there as well. And as you said, you're heading up to Liverpool so we can expect some videos from... The Albert Docks? You absolutely can. We're doing two semi-final uh, rehearsal shows, so we're going to try and be we're going to be covering as much as we ca- as we can, basically. Because let's be honest, this probably isn't going to happen again. Yeah, it does. It happens every single year. It just changes location. <laughs> right then, that's it. That's your jukebox jury. Thanks very much for listening. Comments at www.eseinsight.com. We'll have news pods keeping up to date with everything that's happening. We'll have discussions and articles uh, taking a greater in-depth look at the contest and of course we're all getting ready for the semi-finals on the 9th and the 11th of may and that grand final is saturday may the 13th i can't wait but i have to so here's the guitars while we wait this episode of jukebox jury was hosted by you and spence with guests one to one and olympia find out more at www.escinsight.com support us patreon.com slash escinsight